You're listening to the Wicked Case Podcast featuring Cool Kyle and the Rev Kev. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wicked Case Podcast. I'm your host, Cool Kyle, and with me, as always, is my buddy, my friend, my confidant, the Rev Cat. Rev, how you doing? There's a lot of build-up to that. <laughs> oh, wow. My buddy, my friend, my confidant. It's my dad. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, daddy. Yes, everyone, welcome to episode 12. Episode 12. We have lots of things to talk about, but first we need to talk about us and the show because you, sir, you've been putting in that work. No, I have because we in now work. have a uh, we have a website, kind of sorta. Yes, yes, we, we have, have a website, we have a domain. And, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. Explain, no. explain to the folks what this is all about. No, you can go to um, www.thewickedks.com and be directed to all of our podcasts. All, all one word. And no apostrophe with the KS. Yes. And I will say that I've tried it. It does work. Some people it didn't work for, so I'm not really sure why. Who who did you have try? I had um, a buddy of Ryan's. I had Joel do it the other oh, day when okay. I saw him. And I was like, oh, do it. And then Ryan's like, oh, it popped up. And then Joel tried it. And Joel was like, that didn't work. And I was like, oh. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah, because it worked for me. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, it, I, it directed us something. And then I, we kind of, I don't know. It was oh, weird. Oh, you know, if you misspell it. Or, you know, or putting a posh fear, do any of that, it will... No, no? I, I double-checked. Everything was there. I don't know. Maybe he just... Maybe his uh, browser was different. Yeah. Um, maybe if the browser you're using might not. I don't know. know. Um, Give it a try. If not, you yeah, know, we'll, we'll so, look at it. So we've got that. Um, you have the phone number on there. You yeah. have the email on there if you want to email us. Uh, what else is there? Uh, you, We are on TuneIn now, you said? Yeah, you yeah. put us on TuneIn. Of course, we're still on Spotify, Apple, uh, Amazon, right? Google, all that good stuff. Yeah, we're making moves here. We got a new logo. Let us know in the comments what you think of our new logo. We've yeah. gone through four logo changes in the last maybe week or two. Yeah, we, I want... we. I I I will say I like the the other one, the wolf, the blue one, because I like the blue background and everything. It looked nice. Yeah. And then you were like, ah, oh, it's not really that fierce. And I was like, oh, okay. And then you sent me the one, the new one, and I was like, that's not really fierce. And you were like, well, I'm trying to go in for like fierce, but like conservative. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, I was trying to go with some with ed- color colors that were more edgier, you know? So like reds and oranges and stuff like that. Edgy. Yeah. Yeah. Going with something edgy, you know? Well, maybe in time, if this thing decides to take off, we can do the same logo and we'll We'll glam it up with some summertime colors of like you know teal. Oh, teal, fun! <laughs> I don't know why I'm obsessed with teal. Teal and aqua are like two of my random favorite colors. Oh yeah, because yeah. they're not on the board. But I did think about it the other day, and I was like, no lie, or as the kids would say, no cap. Uh, <laughs> that I'm just picture this. That logo you made, the red and yellow logo on like a gray T-shirt, fantastic, phenomenal. That'd be so good. I was thinking about it yesterday when I was riding, when I was driving around on my machine at work, and I was like, 
that would be dope just to have just the logo there with the different, you know, uh, logos or pictures of all the different things that were on to to sponsor the show because what would be better than just walking around as a free advertisement that is true eventually we will do that at some point yeah you know? we're not going to go crazy though because we've done it before in the past and and it didn't pan out to be anything it did not no right. so we got to make sure we have a little bit of a base and a following and then we'll go into that venture yeah also so verbally i'm going to tell you the phone number because i have it pulled up here now oh. 774-764-9074 a lot of sevens yeah i know yeah uh, so if you call into that number leave a voicemail um you know obviously we'll screen it but if we like it we'll maybe play it on the air you know we'll see yeah i mean it just depends if it's if it's family friendly even though we're an explicit show well i mean <laughs> no i mean we can we can do stuff that's explicit to a t like if you want to be like oh fuck this or fuck that or you guys are fucking retards you know what fine <laughs> we'll take the criticism it's fine but if you're going to try to go on some like, you know, crazy political tirade or rant, I'm going to have to cut you off. Yeah, yeah. This, go, is, you, this is not a political show. Yeah, you can throw in a few swears here and there. Just, we don't care. Yeah, yeah. Just don't go crazy. And no death threats, please. No death threats. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to have to be looking over my shoulder every five seconds. I don't blame you. <laughs> I do not blame you. So, so um, free agency in the NHL has happened. Uh, a majority of it happened on Wednesday when it all broke down. But first, on Wednesday, the other thing I needed, we need to talk about quickly, I went to a ball game. Mm. I saw the local baseball team in the Futures League, which is a bunch of um, non-paid college athletes that are just trying to look to get their foot in the door when it comes to learning about baseball a little bit more and getting some more experience. Okay. It was okay. They lost. I got to sit in the skybox. That was fun. I went with um, Small Child LB. Mm-hmm. Now we're just going to say her name because this is ridiculous. Her name is Lily. I have a six-year-old named Lily. I have a three-year-old named Oliver. And they are the best kids ever when they're wanting presents. <laughs> when they don't want presents sometimes. Well, Ollie's okay. Lily's not so much. But anywho, Lily, which at some point she'll be on the show. She'll come and say hello. I don't know when. But if you hear a cute little adorable girl voice, it's probably Lily. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go to the game. We're not there. Five minutes. And someone goes, can we go take the kids for a walk? Sure. This kid comes back with fried dough. Then she goes down for another walk, like maybe 40 minutes later or 45 minutes later or something like that. And she comes back with a foam finger and two of the bracelet things like that I wear, like the rubber bracelets, oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? And they were like, oh, it was on clearance because it was Connecticut Tiger stuff. It's not a big deal. I'm like, fine, whatever. <laughs> then she went down a third time, but I knew she was going down a third time. And this girl got ice cream. Oh, geez. She also got a foul ball. She got it signed. So I said, for your first experience, you got fried dough, ice cream, a burger and fries that I got for you. You got to have soda. Um, you got a foul ball. You got all kinds of stuff. I was like, damn. That's a pretty good first experience. A pretty good first. I told her, I said, you want to go again to the fireworks? No, daddy. Why? The fireworks are too loud. Uh, I said, yeah, but it'll be in an open area. We'll get you earmuffs or whatever. You'll be, you'll be fine. <laughs> no, she didn't want to do it. Yeah. We, should, we should go sometime, you and I. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind going. I like watching baseball. Just. Know? It, dude, it's super cheap. You can get tickets pretty much wherever, so we can sit behind the backstop so we're not going to get annihilated by a ball. Yeah. And then we just chill out and just hang out, eat food, and watch sports. Uh-huh. Food's expensive, let me just tell you that. Maybe it was because I was in the Skybox. I paid $10 for my cheeseburger and fries. I mean, I guess that's not horrible in most places. In a minor league stadium, it is. Yes, it's horrible yeah. in a minor league stadium. That should have been 5 or $7. Oh, we're going we're del- delving into McDonald's territory here. McDonald's prices are going up now too because of the inflation. Oh really? Yeah, I haven't been to McDonald's in a while. My my ex 
was telling me uh, that a Big Mac meal now costs like nine dollars. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Oh, wow. That's pushing the prices, man. And I kind of tempted because I was like, oh, you've got your spicy nuggets back. But I was like, the last time you had your spicy nuggets, you didn't have the sauce that accompanied it, which would ruin the experience. Uh, yeah. You got to have the sauce yeah. with it. You, you do. <laughs> you do. You can't get other sauce because that, again, ruins the – you want the fire sauce. You want the full experience. They yeah. asked about you at the game because um, all the boys were there, minus, oh, yeah. minus Ian. Everybody else was there. And they were like, oh, Kyle's still kicking? I go, yeah. They go, he hasn't gotten monkeypox yet? I said, no, Kyle's not gotten monkeypox yet. <laughs> hey, they would know how I'm doing if they add, if you guys add me to the, the group chat. I know. What I'm going to do, actually, is I'm probably going to change around the group chat, and I'm probably going to add everybody minus uh, our dear friend Eddie, because apparently he didn't want to be part of sports no more. He doesn't want to be part of any sports no more? That's what he said. He said he didn't want to be part of the Pats thing. Really? That's what he said. He talked to him on that day? When he had the whole thing, when we were talking about when the season schedule came out for the Patriots a couple months ago, Mm -hmm. he was like, we sent it out and he was like, yeah, I don't want to talk about sports no more. The Bruins broke me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Eddie, just stop. Come home. Come home, Eddie. So I'm letting him go through his thing. I honestly, since, since that happened, the last time I told you, the last time I've talked to him was your dad's party. And that was why. Oh, do you know who I think I'm pretty sure I saw at the baseball game? Your dad's friend, Mr. Orski. There's a high probability of that. Hundred percent was pretty sure it was him, and I I was gonna be like, "Hey, you're you know Jerry's friend, right?" And he'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm Kyle's best friend, Kevin." Oh hi, because he went just he went over to Will Call, and he was like, he knew everybody. He was like, "Hey, what's up, Tom? Yeah, good to see you, man." Or whatever. He's like, "Nope, just the one ticket for me and my wife's working today." Yeah, I think um I think his son, uh, both of his sons play in that league. Oh. I believe so. We'll have to look that up after the show because they played the Brockton Rocks. The Brockton Rocks? Which is, I think, like a Red Sox thing. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, we'd have to look that. I'm pretty sure that both of his sons play for the, for that league. So. Huh. Okay. You know. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. I believe um, one of them's a pitcher. Okay. We'll have to look into it. We'll see. Yeah. I yeah. might have even seen him pitch and didn't even realize it. I don't know. <laughs> I will say that the low light of the day was I went... I got my burger and like the new setup they have, because the old setup was like they had like this nice bar area or whatever, like you could sit at like a tabletop and you'd be able to eat your burger and stuff and you'd have plenty of room. Now it's like this thin little like thing. It's like a little ledge, but there's not really a lot of space. You can't really balance anything on it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting over at the cou- on the couch at the table or whatever, eating my food so I don't spill it. And all of a sudden I hear everyone cheering and I look up and I'm like, I missed a three run home run by the team. God damn it. <laughs> Man, that's tough. I'm like, it's so rare to see a home run in baseball. I mean, we saw five of the Red Sox game, but <laughs> yeah, we but did. Usually, well, at least in the minor leagues, it's rare. Yeah, so the fact yeah. that I was like, "What the fuck?" Wow, that sucks. But it's whatever. I had a good yeah. time. It was fun. My child enjoyed it. That's really all that matters. And I yeah. got out of work for the day because I had a vacation day, so that's even better. Yeah, that works out. You know, it you have does. a good day it as does. long as you had a good day. Yeah, I mean, we talked over some. Uh, Ryan and I talked over some Pat's stuff that we'll talk about after the show because it's not really show worthy. We got to get with the show, man. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. So, uh, also, like I said on Wednesday, there was free agents going on, and I was keeping a track, uh, uh, keeping track of it on uh, Wednesday. So let's get over the Bruins stuff first, and then we'll talk about the big boy free agents. First, I want to pose a question to you first. Mm. Should there be a trial period for free agents? And what I mean by that is. Look at somebody in Boston like Nick Felino, who's making a lot of money, who didn't really have a great year, 
and Boston still has to pay him. They can buy him out, but obviously the money is going to count at the point to at, at, on the cap at some point. Yeah, I feel like there should be a bit of a trial period where you can you get a player quote unquote for free. They play their first year, then from there you decide, hey, this is how much I'm going to pay you. I know I mean, it's I know it's not like logistical. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but yeah. then at least that way, like. And I mean, obviously, things can change. You could pick up somebody like, you know, Nick Foligno. Maybe he doesn't. He goes and scores fifty or sixty points for the Bruins last year, and then you pay him a whole bunch of money. And then next year he bombs out and he gets hurt. Fine, that's the risk you're taking. Yeah. But you started with a new team with a new set of players. You weren't in the same situation you were before. I mean, he's only got one year left, so by next year he'll be out, and we'll be moving on probably from him, which. It's unfortunate, but I think this year the way that the team looks, he's not even going to be playing a lot. I don't think he is, yeah, and that sucks because that's going to be cap that we could have used for another player that we could have brought in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and to answer your question, I'd, I while in the long shot of things, yes, you would want obviously like to do that. You'd like to be able to screen your players before you sign them to to multi year contracts. Um, I I just don't see that being feasible though. You know? Well, I think the Bruins' problem too is is that they always get the wrong free agents, and I don't know what Don Sweeney's problem is. They went out one year when Matt Bolesky had this career year for the Ducks, paid him like all the, like it was like thirty mil or thirty six mil for five years, and he was a complete flop, and he did terrible for us. Hmm. Kind of the same thing with Nick Foligno. There have been other players that Boston have done have gotten that have done the same thing. Now on the flip side, you have gotten your Savards. Your Charas and players like that who have panned out. Um, Hall, not so much a free agent, more so a trade, but you signed and got him back. Yeah. So um, people talked about how Boston didn't have a draft pick, and I was like, yeah, but technically they're, they traded their draft pick to get Hampus Lindholm, and I'd rather have Hampus Lindholm than a young kid who's not going to be playing for another three or four years. Yeah. And you can never guarantee with Boston drafting a player because... And like you said before, you know the Bruins are, are in a position right now where... Some of their star players don't have a ton of years left, you know, like Bergeron. No, and and we're gonna we'll we'll touch on it quickly, but this Atlantic division just got even more stacked, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> the, if the Atlantic division wasn't already the toughest division in the NHL, it just became five times harder because yeah. you've already got Boston, who's probably going to be kicking around there at some point. Uh, Buffalo's still kind of in the works. Ottawa got a thousand percent better. Mm. Ottawa is going to be a force to be reckoned with. I would not be surprised if they made the playoffs. Yeah, because they made a lot of moves, right? They have Claude Giroux. They have a whole bunch of young talent around him. They have Alex Debrincat. They have a really solid, solid group. They have goaltending, which is kind of eh, but it, it'll be serviceable. Mm. Um, but yeah, like they just—it's crazy. Um, Montreal will be on the rise in the next couple years. Toronto will still be there. Florida should still be hanging around. Detroit's gotten better, and they're going to be getting better with obviously Iserman. If you saw what Iserman did with the Lightning and how they're doing, yeah. And now obviously Detroit's going to. And this is Iserman played for Detroit. Like he's going to do the best he can to make Detroit a powerhouse again. Yeah. And they have a bunch of young players too. That's this is how some teams have accepted it. They tell their fans and the fan base or whatever, we're going to suck for three or four years or three to five years, but it's going to be worth it because for three to five years we're not going to be great. We'll improve little by little, and we'll hopefully manage everything and then we're going to have a 10 or 15 year stretch where we're just going to be there every year and we're going to be able to compete every year for a a championship and then of course the last team in that division you have tampa bay 
Oh, yeah. And, of course, Tampa Bay. So, I mean, honestly, there's only... Like, you could conceivably say, depending on how good or bad the Metro division is, like, four or five teams could come out of the Atlantic. I mean, it's possible. Boston could potentially have more points than a team in the Metro, but still miss the playoffs because of the stupid playoff format. Yeah, yeah. Which would be embarrassing. Yeah, that's true, yeah. (laughs) But, so, the Bruins signed um, a couple of two-way guys. Uh, A.J. Greer they got on a two-way deal from New Jersey, I believe. Uh, Dan Renouf, they picked up. Uh, Keith Kincaid, goaltender. Connor Carrick, defenseman. Vinny Letary from the Ducks. Uh, I don't remember where Renouf came from. I think... Oh, I don't remember. Uh, the Rangers, maybe? I'm not sure. I should have known. I wrote everything down. You think I would have remembered. The one that hurts <laughs> the most is that we lost Curtis Lazar to Vancouver, and he didn't really want a lot of money. So yeah. the money that we had with Felino, we probably could have re-signed Lazar. I would have preferred getting rid of Felino and Nosik myself. Yeah. And keeping Lazar, because that guy... I don't guy, feel like they've been pulling their weight. Nosik has, but Felino not so much. Nosik's a pretty good fourth-line guy, and I'm fine with that. And him and Lazar had good chemistry, but does Felino just, like... If Felino was getting the money he was getting, he should automatically be in the top nine, no questions asked. But there's not a spot for him. There's yeah. literally not a spot for him. Because like we talked about the other day when we were texting back and forth, the first line's probably going to be when it, when everybody's healthy, and if, assume everybody comes back, Bergeron and, Mar- and, Bergeron and uh, Krejci included, mm-hmm. which they are still working on deals. It sounds like Krejci's coming back for a year. It sounds like Bergeron's coming back from a year. It also sounds like the reason why some of these players wanted to go is because of Cassidy. Really? So that's it. well. Think about it. Jake DeBrusque wanted to get out of town with Cassidy there. Cassidy's gone. They get a new coach. Now he doesn't want to leave. Huh. So you never know. But yeah. So the first line would be Bergeron, Marchand, and DeBrusque. The second line would be Hall, Krejci, Pasta, which is the line everybody wants to see. Third line now is Coyle, Zaka, and Smith, which I think is a solid third line. Mm, yeah. And you could also, like I told you, you could also rotate where. Maybe um, maybe you move Hall up to the first line and then do Zaka, Krejci, and Pasternak. Have all checks. Have Hall play with Bergeron and Marshawn. Move DeBrus down to play with um, Coyle and Smith. You have those inter- options. There are options. There are interchangeable pieces. And obviously, for a bit, we're going to be limping in because we're not going to have Marshawn. We're not going to have um, Coyle. Uh, not Coyle. Uh, McAvoy. Okay. We're not going to have Grizzlick. And it also sounds like either Grizzlick or maybe Mike uh, Riley will be going too. You still have yeah. the goaltending, which is fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sway did an excellent job last Sway year. did great. Uh, Allmark did fine as well. So, I mean, there are options. There are options. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we're talking about Zaka. Well, Zaka got traded like right off the bat in free agency for um, we got him in exchange for Eric Halla. So Halla is gone to New Jersey, and I've also heard, and I don't know how this works out, Halla apparently was in an interview, and they asked him how things were going. He said he hadn't talked to any players yet, just the coaches and staff, whereas they talked to Zaka, and Zaka had said, yeah, I talked to play- some, some coaches, and he already got a message from Bergeron. So oh, people wow. are diving in saying, I don't think Bergeron would be like, hey, glad to see that you're on the team, can't wait to play with you, if he wasn't coming back. Yeah, he probably doesn't want to give the illusion that, like, yeah, I'm I'm going back to Boston. Well, everyone's right away. already been reporting that those two are coming back, so this is probably the last run. And I also told you too, Boston's kind of kicking the tires on maybe trying to get Krug back, which I would not be upset with huh. if we could somehow get Krug and trade. 
I don't know, Riley and Felino or Riley and Nosek, even if we had to trade Grizzlick, like I don't want to trade Grizzlick. I like Grizzlick. I yeah. really do. But there are parts of his game that I'm kind of like, eh. But at the same time, Krug makes a lot of money. He makes yeah. a lot of money and he can get injured. And I'm a little weary of that. Yeah, exactly. When you have a player making that much money, you know. Yeah, he makes like, I think, six or six and a half mil or so. It's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. And and you've already got, you know, you got to make sure you re-sign Pasta to a long-term deal. So that way he's already signed up for the next seven or eight years. Yeah. Um, you want to, you know, obviously get Bergeron and, Mar- I mean, uh, Marchand and, uh, not Marchand, Bergeron and Krejci. Sorry, Bergeron and Marchand are like fucking potato chips, like or peas in a pod. Potato <laughs> chips, what am I talking about? Potato chips. <laughs> They're like peas in a pod. They're like it's, you can't have one without the other. So okay. Um, as far as the Bruins' outlook, I'm optimistic for it. I'm definitely optimistic for it. Like I said, goaltending looks fine. It's going to be a bit of a rough couple months, two or three months for the Bruins before they get to where they need to get to. But yeah. we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, they're going to get there eventually, you know. They got to put the right pieces in place, and they've already got the foundation set up. You know, you got your top six of the guys that are scoring the most, and they're doing a good job. I mean, they're pulling their weight. Yeah, and I mean, I'd like to think that Krejci should just fall right back into place. He's familiar with playing with these two players, and that second line, if that second line can get cooking, it's going to be probably one of the best second lines in the league. Yeah, well, yet again, we've always known that Krejci has been an extremely good player do you know Krejci is third all-time on the Bruins playoff point scoring list it goes Bork Bergeron Krejci really uh-huh. see now that's I did not know that I didn't either until I saw it the other day so huh but aside from the Bruins there are other big name free agents that signed and we needed to discuss it okay first and foremost a guy that Boston was sort of linked to but probably wasn't going to get because of the money thing Johnny Goudreau you okay there? Yeah, a little sleepy? A little sleepy. Johnny Goudreau goes from Calgary to Columbus, of all places. There was rumors that he was going to go a little bit closer to home. I believe he's from the Jersey area. Mm-hmm. So there was talks he was going to go to the Islanders. There was talks he was going to go to the Devils. There was talks he was going to go to the Flyers. Apparently, it's rumored the Flyers had cap money. They wanted He wanted to go there. Johnny Goudreau wanted to go play for the Flyers. And the Flyers just went out and signed random people and were like, sorry, bro, we don't have any money for you. That is so weird. The I mean, fuck are you doing? Yeah. You've got Johnny Goudreau who says, I want to play for your team. There's not a lot of people that want to say specifically, I want to play for this team. Yeah. Like, especially saying, I want to play for the Flyers, especially with how they have know. so that's a team right now that's in a lot of trouble because they don't have any prospects. They're kind of just, they have a lot of older players. They're one of the oldest teams in the league. They have a lot of big contracts that they're going to try to have to move. It's going to be impossible. Like they, John Tortorella really has his hands full this year with that team. Granted, they could go and make the the fucking playoffs because this is how the hockey's weird. But yeah, um, I know Malkin resigned. I know Malkin was going to test free agency. And then last minute, Sid was like, no, no, no. You're going to sign a four year deal. At six, yeah. <laughs> no, six, four years at six mil per year. Wow. So, hey, you know what? That's good for them, though. You know, the, the Penguins. Well, I was surprised. I was like, why would Pittsburgh not want Malkin? Because if God forbid something happens to Crosby, who the hell is your second line center? Yeah. Who's going to take over for the first line? Like, you got to have Malkin there. Like, Malkin going elsewhere would have been crazy, but. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, the other thing that's crazy, going back to Goudreau. So, apparently. He was offered by Calgary an eight-year, $10.5 million contract. 
Goudreau was like, it's not about the money. I just don't want to play in Canada anymore. I don't want to play for you guys. I want to test free agency. The Devils offered him seven years at nine mil, and Columbus offered him. I had seven years at nine and a half. This website says he's offered seven at 9.75. So just a shade under 10 mil, he goes to Columbus. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's good for Columbus, obviously, you know, the having somebody like Johnny Goudreau on their team. Absolutely. And I know, like I said, he was rumored to come to Boston because he's been like that for a while because he went to BC. Uh, Jim Montgomery, who's a new coach of the Bruins, was his coach in the uh, National Development League for the USA and stuff. So there could have been a reunion there because he liked playing with him. And I was like, you want to give us Johnny Goudreau? I'll, I'll fucking take him. I mean, yeah. If they I'm not going to say no. Yeah. I mean, we definitely would have taken him. That's what for sure. a what a stack group that would have been. That'd have been amazing. Yeah, I signed him in my. Uh, I told you I signed him in my Bruins franchise mode. I did for EA. I did a five year. I had five years to try to win a cup with that core. I didn't. I couldn't do it. Nah. <laughs> I lost. Um, other signings that we're going to go through. Vincent Trocheck goes from the Carolina Hurricanes to the Rangers. He signed a seven year deal at thirty nine point three seven five mil. So it's about five point six. That's a pretty good signing. It's a good. Well, they lost. Um, the Rangers essentially lost out on Andrew Cop because Andrew Cop wanted to be a free agent, so he goes to Detroit for five years, and then he's just replaced by Vincent Trocheck. So mm. the Rangers kind of just, yeah, flip flop a little bit. Um, same. Actually, the Rangers kind of made out okay because it's the same turn. It's the same like average money, but it's two more years. Oh, okay. Uh, Andre Palat, the. Uh, Superstar on the Lightning, who has been tearing it up in the playoffs. He's going to New Jersey. So I guess that might have been the Devil's backup plan was, all right, we didn't get Goudreau. Let's go out and get a two-time Stanley Cup champion to play on our team. Yeah, yeah. The Devils are another team that's going to be... I'm telling you right now, in the next three or so years, maybe less, there's going to be a whole whole host of new teams that are going to be invading the NHL. Yeah. You're going to have your jerseys. You're going to have... the Rangers will be there, like I said. The Senators, the Red Wings, all these. There's going to be a lot of a lot of turnover. Yeah. Uh, Stanley Cup champion Andre Burakovsky signs a five year, twenty seven and a half million dollar deal to go play with the Seattle Kraken. Okay. The uh, Colorado Avalanche also lose their starting goaltender Darcy Kemper. He goes to Washington at five years, twenty six point two five. Okay. So the Washington Capitals have their goaltender. By the way, so I'll show you after. I did all of the moves that I could, and I put like all the best possible players you could in the NHL on each of the teams. I simmed a full season, and the Capitals end up winning the Stanley Cup. Oh, jeez. No. Not the Capitals? No, Rangers. I'm sorry. Oh, Rangers. The Rangers won the Cup, but the Capitals okay. did have a pretty good year with, with Kemper. So we'll see how that works out. Okay. Um, former Ranger Ryan Strom, he goes to the Ducks now at a five-year, $25 million deal. I will say the the one thing that some teams some teams got better with getting like a bunch of like some like high name free agents. Some got better with like middle tier free agents, and then some kind of got worse because they didn't really sign anybody. Or one team that I feel like got a little worse is uh, Toronto because their goaltending went from having Jack Campbell to now their goaltenders are Matt Murray, who didn't mm. do great in Ottawa last year. Until he got, I mean, he did get hurt, so maybe a change of scenery will help him out. Yeah. And their backup is Ilya Samsonov or Samsonov. So, okay. and we know that Boston kind of torched him a couple years ago in the playoffs. So, 
Yeah. We'll see. I mean, the Leafs still have, you know, a good forward group. They still have defense, so we'll see. But Jack Campbell goes from Toronto to Edmonton. So Edmonton hopefully finally figures out their goaltending problem. Yeah. Um, They paid him five years at 25 mil. Claude Giroux, like I told you, goes for a three-year deal to the Ottawa Senators. Mm-hmm. Good move for him. He, it was kind of already pre-known because he had already built a house in Ottawa. So he kind of yeah. they kind of knew he was going there. <laughs> uh, let's see anybody that's the big name. As a, I mean, like I said, there's some other like not high tier people, but like you know, Ilya Mikheyev goes from Toronto to Vancouver. Ben Sherratt, a defenseman, goes from Florida to Detroit. Mason Marchman goes from Florida to Dallas. Nick Letty stays in St. Louis. Riley Smith stays in Vegas. Vegas went off the wall and decided that they didn't have the cap space, so they needed to trade young defenseman Dylan Coughlin and Max Pacioretty to the Hurricanes for nothing. Future <laughs> considerations. The Hurricanes also got Brent Burns in a trade, too, for basically nothing. Jeez. So the Hurricanes, who were already good last year, now just added Max Pacioretty to their group and Brent Burns and Andre Kasha. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, too. I, mean, I know. You know, they gave us trouble. St. Louis loses David Perron, and he goes to Detroit. Uh, let's see who else is here. That's a big name. Um, I don't know if another big game. Um, Ryan Strom's brother Dylan goes to Washington. Okay. Uh, Max Domi goes to Chicago. Chicago's a dumpster fire right now. Uh, <laughs> former Bruins, uh, Curtis Lazar and Josh Brown. Josh Brown came over in a deadline deal, which it wasn't anything special. He didn't play a lot. He went from Boston to Arizona. Lazar goes from Boston to Vancouver. I definitely am going to miss out on Lazar. Lazar was a good player for us. I liked Lazar. Yeah. Dude's only making a mil a year. You could, you're telling me you couldn't gotten Lazar. Yeah. Buy out Felino. I like Felino. He's a good guy, and you know, I, I get he was he came to Boston because his daughter was having issues or whatever, and they went to the Children's Hospital in Boston, and he was really thankful for that, and that's cool. But dude, like, enough with the sentimental shit. You got to do shit on the ice. I know you're older and you're a quote unquote character guy, but you got to show me what you got, my dude. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like I said, Sam Sonoff goes to Toronto. Uh, there's not a lot of other, like the rest of it is just, like I said, uh, um, two way players and stuff that are going to like AHL teams and stuff. Kasha goes to Carolina on a one year deal. Oh, here's one that absolutely baffles me. Boston had a chance to get Nola Chari. Nola Chari signed a 1.25 one year deal with St. Louis. If you go back in the, the time machine for a minute. In 2019, when the Bruins lost Game 5 to St. Louis, who was the player that got tripped? Noel freaking Achari. So now he's joining the team. And I'm pretty sure the player who tripped him, Tyler Bozak, is still on the fucking team. (laughs) So you've got him, you've got Bozak, you've got Achari, and now you've got Crew that are all on the same St. Louis team. That'll be like, oh, remember when you tripped me and the refs didn't fucking call it because they're fucking... You won't ever talk about a time where something was rigged and we'll get in. We're going to trans transfer into that kind of uh, realm with uh, crazy conspiracy theories in a minute. Yeah. That was a time that the game was rigged literally in front of you. Hundreds of cameras tripped them up. Don't and even get didn't me. Even call it. Don't <laughs> even get me started on it. Um, Nicholas Abe Kubel, who was famously known for skating in and dropping the Stanley Cup for the team picture and making everybody gasp and denting it. He goes from Colorado to a place where he probably won't win it. Toronto. <laughs> this is funny. Um, like I said, a bunch of other. Um, in time, we're going to probably talk once everything like settles out and the dust settles and clears. We'll break down each of the divisions and I'll do a prediction about where I think everyone's going to go and 
There are teams that got better. There are teams that got worse. San Jose finally has, I think, has starting to embrace the fact that they need to do a rebuild, which was kind of three or four years overdue. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's an interesting, uh, some interesting moves there, that's for sure. There's a lot. There are some other big names that are still kind of popping out there. Um, P.K. Subban's still a free agent. Phil Kessel's still a free agent. It says Bergeron is, but it has been rumored that Bergeron and Krejci are coming back on one-year deals. Yeah. I don't th- um, I don't see, unless they all, some other team offers him in a tremendous amount of money. I don't think he's going to cake the money. I don't. No. I don't. I think he'd rather finish his time in Boston as a, as a Bruin. Of course. There's not a lot of players nowadays that can do that. Yeah. That can go through the, the grind of... Um, so I got a question for you. Playing the same... See yes. what you think. If Bergeron were to sign with a different team, who would be the captain of the Bruins? Ooh, that is a good question. So, if, well, how about, how about we do this to make the pain a little less worse? Let's just say Bergeron... Let's say next year, the season, Bergeron decides to retire. You got to name a new captain. I'd like... I don't know. It's weird. I'd like to think they would probably go to Marshan, but I could also see it being McAvoy because McAvoy is a younger defenseman. You know, you kind of let... Honestly, what I would do, I would let McAvoy, Pasta, and Marshan just each be alternate captains. That's what I would do. It makes sense, yeah. And then, obviously, Marshan's not going to get any younger, so maybe there'll be a time in a couple years where they decide to finally name Mac captain of the team. Off... If if you needed to name like if Bergeron just said I'm not coming back and you needed to name a captain like this year, I mean, I guess maybe Marshan. I mean he's not going to be playing, no. But I I would say probably Marshan because he does seem to be a bit of the heart and soul of the team. Like he's one of the first automatic players you think of when you think of the Bruins. Like I don't I know like obviously you would say Pasta because it's like Pasta like you just it's it's pasta, one of those names yeah. that pop in. But yeah, it's he but Marshan's that player where. You hate him because he's on the Bruins, but if he was on your team, you would not hate him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You'd be glad to have him. It's he's he's just like a Tom Wilson. He's just like any agitator or instigator. You just when he's you know it's, that, it's his play style. It's his play style. The problem is though is that some players that are agitators and instigators aren't necessarily you know ninety to one hundred point scorers. And Marshan is. Marshan went from like we talked about the AHL. To like the bottom two or three, like three or four, like you know, bottom six in the first couple of years he was there. He won a cup in 2011 with them, and then he's just kind of gone up the charts and to the point where he was on line one of Team Canada with Bergeron and Sidney Crosby. Yeah, and let's not forget, most of the NHL is made up of Canadians. So for Marshan to be in that slot on the very first line with all these other talent, it's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, he's a great player, no doubt about it. And I don't want people to not think that I don't, you know, that I think he's an angel. He's not. No. When he does something stupid, I'm like, Marshan, <laughs> the fuck are you doing? Sometimes you don't use your head, dude. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of times where he's had some questionable calls and tripping people, and yeah. and I don't justify his actions. I'm just like, dude, what? Do you, there's no reason for you to do that. Why? Yeah. Why do you have to do that? Just just play your game. Play your game. If you're going to be an agitator, agitate. Cross the line just slightly, but not to the point where it's going to get you in fucking trouble. Yeah, exactly. Because when you get suspended for six or seven games... That doesn't help the team. You're not helping the team at all. Yeah, exactly. So, But he's a good player, though, so... I mean, Of course. You know. Of course. <laughs> and there's a lot of people that aren't Marchand fans that are going to be like, I don't like the guy, but I do respect the fact that he is a pretty good player. 
Yeah. So that's and like you said, that's the thing. If you're going to be an agitator, be good at your job and be good, be a good player. Because if you're an agitator and you're just a shit person on the third or fourth line, correct. You know that's not worth it. <laughs> so before we get into this new little segment we're going to do here mm-hmm. uh, about, so you've called it "Do You Believe?" Yeah, which is basically crazy conspiracy theories that people believe. And you and I are going to read. There's 30 here on this website. We're going to go back and forth, taking turns. We'll ask each other, and then we'll kind of briefly talk about whether or not we believe. However, the first thing I want to ask you, because it's hot today in Connecticut, um, if you could get rid of two seasons, what two seasons would you get rid of? That's a. I mean, I think that's a tough one, mainly because I do really enjoy New England, and I enjoy all the seasons. But if I had to get rid of, I know one for sure, which would be winter. Okay, I definitely would get rid of winter. Okay, I I'm just not a cold person. I like the warmth. I like swimming. I like summer. Oh activities. no, you're a cold person when you keep cross creasing me in NHL 22, and it's already six nothing, and you're like, my boy, I'm just playing the game. You know what? Hey, and I- I'm like, you don't have to twist the knife. And there's two minutes left in the game. You're beating me by six goals. <laughs> I'm not gonna win. No, nope, sorry, I got to play. The- just got to keep passing it across. I, you know, I, if that's how it works, I got to do it. You know, I can't. Oh, don't worry. I, I, you're you're lucky. You have to go to. I didn't get over here earlier, and I I've been working in the lab. What do you mean working in the lab? I've been working, practicing, perfecting the one timer. Oh, okay. All right. You know, what? give you a little taste of your own meds. Oh, if you want to do the one timer, more power to you. Oh, I'm going to. See, I've already learned because I know how to do it so well. I also know how to defend against it. We'll see. Yeah, we'll give it a try. I have some. I have some tricks up my sleeve. Okay, all right. Um, what's your other season that you would get rid of? If you need to think about it for a minute, that's fine because I already know my answer. I would say spring. I'll oh, see. No, that's that's disrespectful. Because I can't get rid of summer. I lo- I do love the heat. No, I love I love. No. no, I need it hot when I go swimming. Get, so get rid of the two most extreme and ridiculous seasons that New England has, and that is summer and winter. I do not like being overly hot. And I do not like freezing my ass off when I'm trying to clean the ice off my windshield when it's like 10 degrees outside and the wind's blowing on me. Give me six months of spring and six months of fall. So from March, I I calculated this out, March to August, I believe would be my spring. And then from September to February would be my fall. So basically you want it like middle of the road temperature you know, yeah. Every single day for give me. Listen, give me a high of you can you can go to like eighty. Eighty is like pushing it, but you can go to eighty. I basically want to live in Southern California. I think that's what you're saying, specifically San Diego. But it's too pricey to live there. Yeah. I don't want to pay ten dollars a gallon for gas. I'm all set. Yeah, it's a little too much. I cried the other day when I paid like sixty dollars for gas, and I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah. See here. All right. So here's my philosophy. All right. So you got summer and you got fall, right? So you got summer for. You know, like March to like August, and then from like September all the way the rest of the way, you got fall. It's chillier. It's not ice cold like winter. You still get that season change, that same feeling, but then you can have the heat coming back in the summer. I don't want heat. You got to have the heat. I don't want heat. Oh, man. Next week when I get my- (laughs) Snowmizer. Listen. Next week, when I get my car fixed and I have air conditioning, maybe I won't mind the heat. Right now, I don't have AC <laughs> in my car. So driving over here with all the windows down is okay. But there are some days where it's just a dry heat. There's no wind, and you're just like, Ugh. 
Oh, I do that anyways, even though I got AC in my car. You're a nutcase. <laughs> You're a nut. I love it. I, I definitely love, uh, I, I, I'm just always been a summer person. I don't know why. I just, I love fishing. I love being out on the lakes. I mean, you know, just the heat. Okay. I don't like shivering. Fair enough. Let's get to some conspiracy theories. Okay. Do you want the odd numbers or the even numbers? I guess I'll take the odd numbers. All right. So I would say, I've already read this. So I would say, read the first title, read the little paragraph that's there, because I think each thing has its own little paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll briefly discuss for a couple minutes what we think. Okay. So um, number one, probably one of the more famous conspiracy theories. Yes. Number one, the moon landing was faked. The flag moving in the wind, no stars in the sky whatsoever, the misaligned shadows. These are all points made in the conspiracy theory that Neil Armstrong didn't take the first leap of mankind on the moon in 1969. For years, conspiracists have argued that NASA staged the landing and that the secret has been protected by the CIA ever since. So, yeah. What do you believe? I want to hear your opinion first. I want to believe that it's real. I don't want to believe that it's fake. I want to believe that these guys actually went up into space, did this thing. Yeah. And, I mean, sure, it could have been in a basement in some Hollywood studio, and you know what? Even if it was, it captured the minds of Americans. Everybody yeah. who had it, everybody who it potentially could have to afford a TV in the 1960s, in 1969, everyone was glued to their TV. It was a huge historical moment, staged or not. Yeah. Obviously, I'd like to believe that, you know, he was there. Maybe, the, I'm not sure, maybe the atmosphere on the moon is different, so maybe there was one. I don't know. Yeah. I would like to believe that it's real, though. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is I, I'm i under the assumption that it was real. I mean, I think that we know too much about the moon and have items from the moon and, you know, have too many eyewitness testimonies of people going into space and going to that sort of stuff. So, Well, there's also the episode they talked about of the Big Bang Theory where there's like a reflector or whatever that's on the moon so you can shoot a beam of light and the beam of light comes back. You position a beam of light just a certain way. Yeah. You shoot it. It hits the reflector on the moon, and then it comes back to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that there. I think this has merit. I mean, I think that the people that believe in it have merit. I believe that you know there is obviously with everything these days you can fake almost anything. You know, I mean, girls have been faking orgasms for years. Exactly. <laughs> If you can fake something as simple as that, you can fake the moon landing. So I understand why people would think that. Oh, man. I'm so glad I went there. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. I do believe it's logical, though. So, Okay. Okay. You want to go to number two? Number two. The government killed JFK. There are a number of conspiracy theories about President John F. Kennedy's death, but one of the most popular is that the government was behind the assassination Many Americans don't believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone, and biographer Philip Shannon claims that even Bobby Kennedy thought the CIA was responsible for his brother's death at first. Hmm. So, a little backstory. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of the Kennedy assassination. It's a pretty crazy moment in U.S. history. Yes. Was riding around in Dallas, I believe, in, the 19, in November of 63. November 22nd, I think it was, of 63. I want to say was the date. Um and was in a limousine or whatever. He had his wife next to him. 
I believe the governor of Texas was in the front seat with his wife. And the rumor is, or the the conspiracy is that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was in the Texas State Depository, took a rifle, and clocked Kennedy in the back of the head. Yeah. And there's also been conspiracies about who was on the grassy knoll that was there, whether multiple shooters. Nobody really knows. Some people do believe that the government killed JFK because Lyndon B. Johnson, I guess, didn't like him or there was some kind of beef there. Mm. And Lyndon B. Johnson just wanted to be president or something like that. Um, This one I'm not sure of. I, I'm very fascinated with this. There's actually another conspiracy theory about, and I need to talk to you about it. We'll do it like we'll do it at the end as like a bonus one. Yeah, because it's one of the most fascinating things that I like talking about. Okay, it's a spoiler, or I'm sorry, it's a teaser, not a spoiler. It's a teaser. Stay tuned for that. Oh, okay. end of the show. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like the government killed JFK is in the same realm of the government planned 9/11. I was going to say the exact same thing, <laughs> or the government planned the Sandy Hook shooting. Yeah. Like, you know, say, oh, quickly, sorry to interrupt. Okay. Do you see the new thing about these cops in the Uvalde shooting? I think Have so. Have you seen some of the footage or whatever? No. There's cops that are like on their cell. There's, there's one cop they showed. He's looking at his cell phone. It's got the Punisher logo on his background, and the Punisher logo is red, white, and blue. And this motherfucker standing outside while this motherfucker inside with an AR 15 is just writing off on kids and fucking teachers. Then there was another guy they showed who was standing there and like, smiling or laughing the fuck are you laughing about you're telling me that fully heavily armed guard or police officers with body armor and shields and weapons of their own are if they're afraid to go into a building with a guy who has an ar-15 then why the fuck do you think that kids and teachers who don't have anything would not be like what do you, you expect them to fend them off Go yeah. to your fucking job. If well, you... that whole thing was a shit show. I mean, absolutely a shit 77 show. 77 minutes? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, you you have to imagine that he's not in there to to, to play games and hang out with the kids. Like, no. No. He, he brought a gun in there. He went for... in with a purpose. Yeah. He went in with a purpose. And I'm sorry with the alarming rate of all the school shootings, and I didn't mean to make this political, but what the hell, dude? Yeah. Go in and do your job. If you lose your life, you lose your life. You're an officer. You're supposed to protect us as citizens. If that's yeah. the case, then give everybody a gun. That's what you need. To, oh, everybody doesn't need a gun. Then the people who need guns need to fucking use them. Yeah, exactly. It's one or the other. See, the problem is, and, and yet again, like you said, I hate to get political because it's one of those things where it's like not everybody has the same viewpoints, but we're trying to be as respectful as we can about people's beliefs. The fact remains is, like you said, you made a very valid point. If you're going to have take away people's guns in this country, then the people with guns need to protect the people without guns. There's no other way around it. No. You know? And, I mean, obviously, like, you know, my daughter's going into first grade coming up this year. I shouldn't expect her teacher to have, like, a gun or a pistol on her on the off chance that she needs to use it. Exactly. These are, like, the kids, like, you know, back in, like, you know, the World War II era or whatever when the kids had to do, like – um air raids and stuff because of potential bombings and stuff that's it now kids have to do like safety training for school shoot for school shootings yeah i never had to do that no we never did as kids yeah and that's the same thing like you know you look at any of these school shooters and it's like they're they were all premeditated they were all planned they all had some sort of manifesto or note they left behind or if they were caught they admitted everything like this isn't something that's brand new. No. You know, it's, there's an uprise in it, I think, because of the mental health issues in our country. But, you know, I, I think the problem is, is that you got to target the root of the problem. 
which is understanding and figuring out why people are doing this. Correct. Let's let's get back to the, let's get back to conspiracies. Let's get back to JFK. Okay. Go ahead. No, I already answered. So what oh, do you think? Okay. Uh, do you think the me- the media? Do you think the government killed John F. Kennedy? I think that I don't think they necessarily may have. Um, I maybe have been an individual. You know, not not the government over like. So you know about the side thing that happened after, right? Mm. With Lee Harvey Oswald. No. So when he was going through uh, the prison or whatever, there was like a whole bunch of media or stuff. And he was going through his being, I think he was going from like the courthouse to the prison or something like that. And he's being walked through. And this man named Jack Ruby walked up to him, put a gun to his stomach or whatever, and fucking pulled the trigger and killed him. Oh, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. So then there was a lot of unleft ant. There was a lot of unanswered questions. Well, and the long, that's along the same lines of Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, you know, like, oh yeah, he committed suicide in his cell. Sure, yeah, you know, or the king's son, Brian Christopher. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, it, I mean, it can the government overreach its bounds and take out people? Yes, I believe it can. Do I believe it? This was the incident in this case. I don't know. I've seen the next two conspiracies, and they're both. These are all pretty ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You want to move on to the next one? Yeah, read read the next one because the next one's a, still kind of a current event. Okay, so number three, COVID nineteen was engineered by the media. Okay, well, I mean, it says some people think that the virus is a hoax that was engineered by the media and global elites control the population. Eddie. (laughs) While a diehard believer likely won't believe this, a.k.a. the media, we're just going to emphasize that that right here and right now that COVID-19 is very much a real and deadly virus. Okay. So there were, from what I've heard, there have been... There's been COVID for a while. This is the 19th form of this COVID virus or whatever. And this is the one that's been harming us the most. Um, was it engineered by the media? Probably some bit. Yeah, because the media always tends to do that. There's stuff that maybe not as bad. You know, the media talked about the monkeypox. Now it's the new thing. They've talked about uh, the bird flu. They talked about the Chinese swan, the swine flu, all this. They bring it all up. They bring all these things up to, yeah, inform you, but to also kind of psych you out. Yeah. I mean, now there were some cases of people having COVID-19 that were super extreme where they were on like, you know, their deathbed or they were like, you know, on ventilators for weeks and weeks and some for months. And, you know, both of us have dealt with it. Yeah. We had very minor side effects. Yeah. It felt like having a flu. It felt like having a flu. And maybe some people's immune systems were better than others. And that's fine. I think it's a little bit of 50-50. I think it was engineered by the media, but- I'm I'm kind of indifferent on this one. So I'm under the belief that was it engineered by humans? Yes. Was it engineered by the media? I don't believe so. I believe that COVID-19 was a uh, genetically modified virus that was developed in Wuhan in, in China. And maybe maybe it was released on purpose. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But I do believe that it was engineered in a lab. Could you imagine if the reasoning behind – and this just randomly thought about this. Like the Chinese government's like, listen, we got way too many fucking people here. What are we going to do? And the scientists are like, well, we, we got this disease, this flu that we can it can kill a lot of people just on the spot. Really? Really? We can do that? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's 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 go forth and do that. And I wouldn't be surprised if some random shit like – because I know there was a time frame before it hit us in the Americas and on this side of the world 
where they were talking about people just dropping dead in the street. And if you were out, like if you were out for anything in China, you like got shot. Yeah. Like you weren't allowed to leave your house for anything, for work, for anything at all. If you stepped out of your house and the government saw you, you were liable to get shot. And it was not their fault because they had warned you. Yeah. I mean, it was a jails type scenario. Oh, yeah. I think that especially with with everything that's that's going on right now, putting blame on anybody is kind of tough because now at this point it's like you just you don't know you know mm-hmm. and it's like i i don't know i don't think it was de- i won't, i don't think it was developed by the media though no you know i think the media just emphasizes it and well it's you know. what they that's what their job is to do they have to emphasize it yeah that's how they emphasize all the you know gang violence or drug and drug i mean drugs and gun control that's what they talk about let's talk about something nice media like you know unicorns and rainbows yeah. and Uni- puppies yeah unicorns and rainbows and puppies are fun yeah i mean <laughs> yeah like like you go think about it like if you're watching a daily newscast say it's a half hour long 25 minutes of that new oh let's say that 20 minutes of that newscast is probably about shit that's fucked up there's a five minute hey look at this cute little puppy this week or whatever like the lighter side then there is a sports thing for five minutes and there's weather but there's weather like every five minutes yeah but well, and that's the thing with media too if you look at it i mean I can't stand both CNN or Fox. I mean, I just believe that they're over the top. I believe that they're not reporting facts anymore, that they're reporting opinions. And That's how how ESPN is, too, with sports. That's why I don't don't bother with ESPN. I only bother with ESPN when I absolutely have to. Yeah, yeah, which is why I tend to read articles online. You know, I look at just the facts. You know, there's no reason to be looking at— Do you read The Onion? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I read The Onion, yeah. I got all the layers. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, you look at any of these guys, like, on both sides, like Brian Stelter and, um, what's his name? Uh, you, Carl Tuckerson. You do your boy, uh, Joe Rogan with his stuff. So here's the thing. I, 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 I'm under the, uh, now from what I've talked to you about Joe Rogan, I think you feel that he's very far in a certain direction. Is that, is, is that what I've been getting at? No, I just, like, no, he just, he has his opinions. And he will drive them home, and there's not a word or a phrase or anything you can say to him to make him go, oh, maybe I've changed my mind. That's all. But that's not true. Oh. <laughs> you got to listen to his podcast. If, I, don't, just listen I to have barely to enough time to listen to our podcast, let alone yeah. listening to Joe Rogan or Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan or Sandagano or anybody. Yeah. So, I mean, I listen to Joe Rogan on a regular basis, and- I can tell you from listening to his podcast every every day for years now, the guy does not just hammer away at one opinion and doesn't listen to anybody else. He's he's very he he listens to other people. He listens to multiple things, and if he's wrong, he he can admit that he's wrong. You know, so that's why I listen to him because he can actually say, "Oh, you know what? I don't want to I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to give false information. Let me get the facts." So I I respect that about him. You know, um, same thing with anybody else that I listen to for the most part. I'm tired of listening to these people that that just give opinions or ridiculous stories. It's like, no, listen to the facts, listen to what's going on, you know, and what? No, I'm listening. I'm listening to you. I'm just reading some of these these ridiculous. Don't go ahead. You can't go ahead. Oh, I already have. And these are so ridiculous. (laughs) I'm sure there's a lot of ridiculous ones in there. You have no idea. Jeez. All right. Well, it's your turn anyway. So let's let's go to number four then. Oh my god. 
Wait till you get farther down. You're going to be like, what the fuck? I've probably heard all of these conspiracy theories. I don't think you have. I'll t- if I get to one that I haven't, I'll be like, I haven't heard that before. I'm pretty sure there's one or two here you haven't. Okay. This one is, Earth has been sucked into a black hole. The European Organization for Nuclear Research, or CERN, is at the heart of a lot of crazy conspiracy theories, including the belief that when CERN discovered the Higgs boson, I learned that from the Big Bang Theory, (laughs) aka the God Particle in 2012, it inadvertently created a black hole and Earth was sucked into it. These believers think that the world ended in 2012, but we haven't yet realized it. I have heard that one before. Yeah, I've also heard multiple times the world was supposed to end in 2000 with the Y2K bug, that it was supposed to end in 2012 because what the Mayan or Aztec calendar didn't go any farther. So when it does end and I see that this like black sky forever, I'll believe you. But until then, I don't believe in any of this shit. Yeah, I mean, I... Plus, have you seen the new photos they've taken with this like fancy new fucking uh, telescope or whatever, these space photos that show... Like, Earth is like a little tiny fucking dust particle compared to the rest of, like, like or just, sorry, not just Earth. Our freaking solar system is this tiny little, like, particle. And then, like, as Ilya Brzezgalov would say, the universe is super humongo big. Yes. I have seen those, and I, I do agree with you on that. I, I do feel that some of these conspiracies, like, being sucked into a black hole are a little crazy. I mean, you look at it in a lot of conspiracy theorists say that once you enter a black hole you're going to a different dimension you know and i don't there's no evidence of that there's no I'm gonna send you to the phantom zone yeah send you to the phantom zone i don't i don't know i there's no evidence of that there's maybe no, hey listen for all the nonsense that's happened in the last couple of years maybe we were sent to a different dimension yeah i mean it could have you know we could be I in mean, an alternate i mean dimension we right had now. donald trump as president we had a, like the what Almost two or three months con- uh, nonstop of all the rioting and stuff with the the, the shootings and killings of everybody. Yeah. All the school shootings we've had. We were all, you know, basically prisoners in our own home with almost for like a year and a half with COVID. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we were in an alternate universe. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say that I don't believe that that could be a possibility. I just don't know. I don't you know. We should go back and like just check and see like how many fucked up things happened like pre twenty twelve and then how many things have happened post twenty twelve and I might be yeah. like eh, maybe you are right about this. I, I will know. say I think next show I, I, you know we don't have to do it but maybe like in the near future we should look at Mandela effects. Okay, you know you know what those are right. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm sure you do, but I, I know. know. Yeah. I think it would be interesting to look at certain some of the Mandela effects and be like, no, I don't know if I necessarily maybe we're in an alternate universe who knows what's the next one so I, I think the next one's funny disney created frozen as a distraction people have long discussed the conspiracy that walt disney used cryogenic technology to freeze himself when he died even though the disney family refuted these claims however a new theory is that walt disney company created frozen as a way to hack google's search algorithm and distract cust- uh, consumers from information about the late Walt Disney's possible frozen procedure. Now, speaking on this, um, there is that that bit from Family Guy, mm-hmm. and I don't mean to be offensive when I say this, because this is this is this is their thing, mm-hmm. where they had uh, Walt Disney frozen, and this guy opened it up, and he was like, "Welcome back, welcome, welcome to the future, welcome to like the two thousand something, Mister Disney." And Walt just looks at him and goes, "Is the are the Jews dead yet?" And he goes, "No." And he goes, "Put me back in." And he <laughs> closes it. And I'm like, "Wow, that's kind of fucked up." That was yeah, I do remember that. 
But if you think about Walt Disney, like obviously when you think Disney, the first thing you think of is like, you know, storybooks, childhood, you know, all this magic and stuff. But behind the surface, think about the time Walt Disney was alive because he died just before um, the one in Orlando was built. He was around for the one in the 50s when uh, Disneyland was built. But he died in, I think, the 60s, I think it was. Yeah, 60s or 70s, 60s when they were built. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, how many, like, different princesses did he have at that time? There wasn't a ton, right? He had Snow White, who was white. Yeah. Cinderella was white. Aurora from Sleeping Beauty was white. Yeah. All of the most, mostly all the princesses that he dealt with, for the most part, were white. It wasn't until after he was gone. Now look what you've got. You've got... Moana, you've got Tiana, you've got Ariel, who was a redhead. I mean, she's still white, but you have a redhead. You have a very diverse group. So basically, like, every yeah. culture is well represented for the most part. Jasmine would be, like, the Hindi culture. Mulan is the uh, Japanese culture. Like, everybody, you know, Tiana is the black culture. Everybody has, like, their little thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just... Some things about Walt Disney throw me off, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was frozen or something i mean he always wanted to try to like go into the future and stuff so i'm not surprised my thing is is that i don't understand why that would be a big deal anyways like most people knew that that walt disney was frozen anyways yeah so i mean it it, it's always been floating around i really wish in frozen there would have been some random easter egg and maybe there is where there's like a small little clip of just some like random frozen head and it's fucking walt disney that'd be amazing (laughs) oh geez all right i need to go to the next one because the next one is completely bonkers the denver international airport is the illuminati's headquarters Oh boy! Yeah. The Illumin- I've heard that, but the Illuminati leads to a conspiracy rabbit hole that we're not even going to delve too far in, except when it comes to the Denver International Airport. Many Illuminati believers are convinced it is the secret group's secret group's headquarters. The airport has embraced the rumors by poking fun at it, but it still hasn't stopped people from believing secret tunnels and lizard layers lurk beneath the building. <laughs> you know what? Sure, if you want to believe that, more power to you. I think you. Q Annan and Illuminati people are out of your goddamn gore. I respect <laughs> that you want to think about that, but you people are nuts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, that that one just seems a little far fetched. I mean, I mean, hey, listen, maybe there is. I know there's a bunch of secret tunnels at Disney. That's for, true. Yeah. That's why you never see like you know. And there's some. I don't know what they use, but there's some special formula or method. You never see mosquitoes at Disney, do you? No, no, you don't. No, because there's some formula or method they have where they shoot out certain sprays or something. You don't realize that it's out there, but it always kills. There's never been a time where I feel like I've been attacked by mosquitoes or gnats at Disney. Yeah, you see other bugs, you know, but... Well, yeah, but I mean... I saw uh, an alligator once at Disney. Well, (laughs) Florida's pretty pretty common for that. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see other things, but no, mosquitoes, I definitely not. So we're on an hour right now. Do yeah. we want to save some of these? Do you want to do like 10 and then we'll come back and do the, the rest next, next week? The next 20 next week? Yeah, sure. That's okay. fine. That so seems like let's reasonable. let's finish up to the top 10. and we'll, well, not the top 10, the first 10, and then we'll do the next 20 next week. But I do want to throw in my bonus question for you. Okay. So number seven in um, The Earth is Hollow. In 2014, scientists realize, uh, released new unknown findings about the Earth's core, and let's just say conspiracy theorists took it and ran with it. After learning that we don't know how how at all 
well, you having I, an issue there? Yeah, I'm having a tra- hard time reading. After learning that we don't know much at all about the surface of the Earth or what lies beneath its layers, the hollow Earth theory gained traction. Some believers even think there's an Earth inside of an Earth. We're going to do a, a double play here because number eight is the world is flat. Okay, so one flat Earth society has spread across the globe in recent years, with more and more people believing that the world is flat and stationary rather than a rotating orb, as science is, science would lead them to believe. So okay. you could pair these two together about the Earth world is hollow and Earth I is flat. Don't believe that the world is flat. Yeah, I don't because as people said, if the world is flat, you would fall off the edge. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the Earth is hollow. I mean, you know we. No, I, I don't. I don't think so either. No, no, I think there is maybe like a molten core to it. You know, that's what. Well, I'll say this: that's what we've been taught that yeah. there is a molten core in the middle, and the hotter you get to the middle, the hotter it gets. Yeah, well, because if you also think about it, think about volcanoes or exactly you know, anything like that. Precisely. So I mean, I these two I can't necessarily believe. You know, especially the flat Earth. There's, there's already been multiple tests done where they sent balloons up. And it's like you can't see over a certain, you know, unless you go to actual space. Right. You know, so it's like there's no reason to think that the Earth is Well, not to mention, too, we have pictures from outer space showing the Earth, and the Earth does not look like it's flat. It looks like a round floating orb. Yeah, and that's where the conspiracy theorists come in and just go off on their tangents and go down the rabbit hole because they're like, oh, well, that was perpetrated by the government. The government did that to make us not realize that we're on a flat disk. Government's Well, nowadays— you can literally just take your own ride to fucking space. If you have enough money, you can go in one of those fancy rockets that Jeff Bezos went in yeah. and William Shatner. So go ahead, Flat Earth people. Go in and go take your pictures. And on top of that, if you look at it, we can observe other planets around us through telescopes and stuff like that and satellites and whatnot. Why are they round, but ours wouldn't be? Exactly. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. So. It doesn't. You know what else doesn't make sense? What? Number nine on the list. Yes. Um, how about you read that one? I'll read number 10. Okay. Prince Charles is a vampire. Why? Oh, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> little, little LIVs there for you. <laughs> uh, well, the Prince of Wales is related to Vlad the Impaler, the inspiration for Bram Stoker's Dracula, and many royals in Charles's bloodline were known to have the disease porophoria, which is an iron deficiency that causes people to be sensitive to sunlight. Hmm. Um... Seems like a bit of a stretch. Seems all more like coincidence to me. So I'm going to say, no, I don't believe he is a vampire. Yeah. I mean, if they can medically explain away the what he has, right. which they, how do you say it? Por- Porphyria? Porphyria, whatever Porphyria. it was. I just went for it and just tried my best. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard word. Um, but if, if they can explain that, a condition that he has to sensitivity to sunlight, I mean, unless they see something, you know, wild or accusational, I, I can't see. I haven't. I've never had an experience to vampires. That's for sure. Unless you're like a self-made vampire, you um, you have dealt with the uh, paranormal, though. Yes, yes, and that I'm sure we'll get to questions about the paranormal in the next show. Uh, I will tell some of my stories. I sure hope so. <laughs> I don't, I, 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 I will say I never used to believe in the paranormal. You know, when I was a kid, I heard all about it. My mom was into watching the shows and I just, I never had an experience. I've been alive on this earth for 33 years. Uh, the place I started working at now, 
I'm almost 100% a believer in the paranormal. Almost. I, I will say I do have that twinge of, you know, being like, well, maybe, you know, but no, I, I, uh, I'll definitely have some stories to tell to all of you. Okay. What's the last <laughs> one? I'm going to look up my fun thing. All right. So this one's interesting. Bigfoot is real. Mm. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, call it what you will, but many are convinced the elusive creature exists. For years, people have tried to track it down, resulting in videos and images often emerging of a tall, hairy animal walking upright. I will say, this is one of the ones that I can potentially see being real. There, There is a somewhat of a possibility. I know that there are a lot of things on this earth that we haven't discovered yet. Um, and I know, also know that from an evolutionary standpoint, there were a lot of animals that resembled either large giant primates or very dwarfism primates, um, both of which, you know, could have evolved at some point and been mostly killed off, but there still might be some lingering around. So could Bigfoot be real? Yes. Have I seen any real evidence of Bigfoot that makes me think that, you know, say 100%? No. So that's my take on it. Okay. Um, I'd like to believe he is, as Mitch Hedberg would say, maybe Big Flirt's just blurry. <laughs> that's why you always get a blurry photo of him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are people that have gone out of their way. There have been multiple shows on multiple networks who have gone to the Pacific Northwest to specifically try to find this mysterious large creature. Yeah. Ooh, excuse me. All right, we're going to end the show on some... Not necessarily a conspiracy theory, but just truth. Okay. Do you know the name D.B. Cooper? No. Have you never heard the name D.B. Cooper? I have not. This is literally one of my most favorite things to talk about. Okay. I don't talk about it a lot to you, obviously, but I'm very fascinated with the whole run. So I'm going to give you the Wikipedia version real quickly. Okay. So D.B. Cooper... Um is an unidentified man <clears throat> who hijacked Northwest Orient Airlines Flight 305, a Boeing 727 aircraft operated by Northwest Orient Airlines in the U.S. airspace on the afternoon of November 24, 1971. The aircraft was flying from Portland, Oregon to Seattle, Washington. The hijacker extorted $200,000 in ransom, equivalent to $1.3 million today. Mm -hmm. Asked to be flown to Mexico City, then parachuted to an uncertain fate over southwestern Washington partway through the second flight. A I think I have heard this. A small portion of the ransom was found along the banks of the Columbia River in, the in 1980, which triggered renewed interest but ultimately only deepened the mystery. The great majority of the ransom remains uncovered. The man purchased his airline ticket using the alias Dan Cooper, but because of a news miscommunication became known in popular culture as D.B. Cooper. Okay. So there have been all kinds of shows and, th and series and stuff, and I've watched them all about <laughs> what exactly was going on with, with this whole thing. Because obviously in the 1970s, this was not you – were, you had to have money to be able to fly in the 1970s. This was like, you know, you drop your bag at the gate, you have a drink with a pilot, you get on the flight, love you, darling, going to Manhattan, moi, Patton Oswalt. <laughs> Patton Oswalt. I love this story so much. I really, really do. Now, I, I know, have heard of it. Okay. Um, so he's um, 
he's he was in pop culture for a long time. I know in like the seventies and eighties, there were T-shirts out that says "Have you seen or where is DB Cooper?" and stuff with a picture of the artist rendering the FBI made of him. Yeah, nobody knows. Nobody see anything, huh? Nobody knows nothing. From what they, from what I've gathered, or from what I've seen, they said somewhere over the like I said, he jumped out somewhere over the Pacific Northwest. Now he took. What happened was is he got the second flight. And everybody he let off the plane except for one, I think the pilot, I think the pilots, and I think one stewardess he kept as a as a hostage. Don't yeah. think he brought any harm to her. Just did this random, crazy James Bond debonair thing. Damn. And if you ever have a chance, I think it was on the History Channel. There was like a two part series, super informative, and huh. I just absolutely am just enamored with this. This is amazing. It's interesting to think about because usually if somebody were to do something that crazy or that nuts, there would be some evidence people would be able to track you down and find you. And There's literally not. And on top of that. Like I said, there was just some random little boy in the 1980s who was playing by like the banks and found a bunch of money and that kind of rekindled interest in it again. But aside from that, there really hasn't been anything. And obviously as time goes on. So people don't know if he somehow got away, if he landed in the water and drowned to death, or if like animals ate him. They don't. They don't. Nobody know knows anything. Wow. Nobody knows anything. That's what's so fascinating about it. And like I said, he's not treated as like a villain, like in the world. Like it's kind of like a mystery. Like what is this guy all about? Like who is this guy? Yeah. He didn't kill anybody, right? No. They they said the there's um. The one hostage, there's an unknown fate. They don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. But as far as everything goes, it doesn't sound like he was going to kill anybody. Yeah. He literally was on a plane. He hijacked a plane. He goes, listen, I want another plane going to Mexico City. I want $200,000 and I need to keep a hostage. Everybody else, you're free to go. Let everybody off the plane. No problems whatsoever. They fueled up. They left. And then in the middle of the second flight, he jumped out somewhere over the Pacific Northwest and the vast evergreen forest they have out there and nobody's seen him since. Huh, that's interesting. So maybe he got away, maybe he had another, maybe he did get to Mexico and then he had a new alias and obviously with $200,000 back then, if it's $1 million now, you could do a lot with that kind of money back then in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, so, you could probably, you know, live for the rest of your life yeah. on, under the radar. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I can see that being the case. I mean, you know, there's probably a, there's probably been other people that have done that before where they've robbed banks and stuff like that and gotten away and oh of course you know like you never hear or see from them again sort of thing so it's probably not the first time that's been done but it, I think it's just interesting the length that he went to to do it you know like hijacking a plane getting a different plane you know getting up into the air so, parachuting down so let's let's take a few more minutes and we'll read quickly about a little bit more about this okay so um. He identified himself as Dan Cooper. He used cash to purchase a one-way ticket on the flight, a 30-minute trip to Seattle-Tacoma um, International Airport, or SeaTac. He boarded the, uh, the flight, uh, took his seat, uh, ordered a drink, a bourbon and soda. Eyewitnesses described him being in his mid-40s, wearing a business suit with a black tie and a white shirt. Uh, flight 305, approximately one-third full, departed Portland on schedule at 2.50. Shortly after takeoff, he handed a note to one of the flight attendants, situated nearest to him in a jump seat attached to the aft stair door. Uh, assuming the note contained a lonely businessman phone number, dropped it, unopened it into her purse. He leaned toward her and whispered, Miss, you better look at that note. I have a bomb. 
The note was printed in neat all capital letters with a felt tip pen. Its exact wording is unknown because Cooper later reclaimed it. But she recalled that it mentioned the bomb and directed her to sit in the seat beside Cooper. She did his request and then quietly asked to see the bomb. He opened his briefcase long enough for her to glimpse eight red cylinders in two rows of four assumed to be dynamite. A wire was attached to the cylinders and a large cylindrical battery was in the briefcase as well. After closing, he stated his demands, $200,000 in negotiable American currency, four parachutes, two primary, two reserve, and a fuel truck standing by in Seattle to refuel the aircraft upon arrival. She conveyed the the instructions to the pilots in the cockpit. When she returned, he was wearing dark sunglasses. The captain contacted the airport air traffic control, which informed local and federal authorities. 35 passengers were told that their arrival in Seattle would be delayed because of a minor mechanical difficulty. Uh, the Northwest Orient's president authorized payment of the ransom and all, ordered all employees to fully cooperate with his demands. The aircraft circled pungent sound, pu- Puget Sound sorry, for approximately two hours to allow Seattle police and the FBI sufficient time to assemble his parachutes and ransom money and to mobilize emergency personnel. One of the other flight attendants uh, recalled that Cooper appeared familiar with the local terrain. At one point, he remarked, looks like Tacoma down there, as the aircraft flew above it. He was correctly mentioned that the base, the McCord, uh, McCord Air Force Base, was only a 20-minute drive at the time from Seattle Airport. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. I'm just trying to, there's, there's a lot here. I don't want to be, I don't want to be reading, but like, well, we're two hours in. <laughs> okay. Uh, he ordered a second drink, paid his drink tab, attempted to give the one of the flight attendants the change and requested meals for the flight crew during the stop in Seattle. She asked Cooper if he had a grudge with Northwest Orient. He said, I don't have a grudge against your airline, miss. I just have a grudge. Hmm. Uh, they assembled the ransom money from several Seattle area banks, 10,000 unmarked $20 bills, most with serial numbers containing the letter L indicating I- issuance by the federal reserve bank of San Francisco and made a microfilm photograph of each of them. Um, he was informed that his demands had been met. The aircraft landed in Seattle in heavy rain around an hour after sunset. He instructed the pilot to taxi the jet to an isolated, bright-lit section of the apron and close all window shades in the cabin to deter police snipers. On Northwest... This guy knew what he was doing. Yeah. Like, North, he planned this shit out. Oh, yeah. Northwest Orient Seattle operation manager approached the aircraft in street clothes to avoid the possibility that he might mistake him... Um, his airline uniform for that of a police officer and delivered the cash full... Cash-filled knapsack and parachutes to the flight attendant Mucklow via the stairs. Once the delivery was complete, he allowed all passengers, Schaffner and senior flight attendant Alice Hancock, to leave the plane. The refueling process was delayed a second in the third truck. Later, third truck was brought in to complete the refueling. Um, He got impatient and said this shouldn't be taking so long. Sent a note to the crew that's getting the show on the road. Outlined his flight plan to the cockpit crew. Um, So, yeah. Like I said, just read about it. Like it's it's fascinating. It really, so, really is. There's there's an interesting fact there that I think could have also happened, which is which is that instead of being on that plane, the second plane when it took off, mm-hmm. right? What if he disguised himself as a different passenger and got off the plane as one of the hostages? No, no. No, because he was he he had the briefcase and everything with him, so I don't think he would have been able to do that because everybody had seen. I mean, I don't know who was on the plane, but how many people would have been dressed in a business attire with sunglasses on? Like, I feel yeah. like you would have been able. To, I don't know if you would have, been able, would have been able to blend in. It was after sunset; it was raining. Maybe you could have, but then 
who's the random guy that's on the plane now? It could have been one of the other hostages. I mean, think about it. Mm, I don't like, know. Like, think, think about how, think about that though. You know, all the FBI, the police, everybody thinks that you're on that plane, right? They're ready. They, they, you know, they, yeah. they're tracking you. You know, that at some point they had to know. But also, well. Yeah, but at the same time, the flight attendants and everybody knew who this guy was because he was the one kind of giving the demands and stuff. So would why would the flight attendants have said anything if he just got off the plane? I mean – So because obviously like the person had to come on the plane. They gave him – they got the knapsack. They put it on the plane on the stairs and then brought the money to him. If he, As soon as he would have tried to get off the plane and off the steps, they would have recognized him. I don't think he would have been able to – the only way you would have been able to get away without any issue was if you had your briefcase and said, I have a bomb, and you had all the hostages with you and said, you need to let me go free or I'm going to let this fucking thing go off. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I do I, – and yet again, going back to the whole conspiracy thing, I think there are ways that he could have gotten off that plane. Yeah, think about it. Maybe he was a master of disguise. You know, Maybe he had disguises. In, I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, thinking about it now, I could have written like a whole, like wrote like a whole bunch of different things, and we could have just had a whole show about the <laughs> wonderful conspiracy of DB Cooper. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's there's a lot to that. There's a lot to that story that are unknowns. There is. So this was a pretty solid episode. I think so too. We gave the people eighty minutes of quality content. Oh yeah, on the Wicked Case podcast, where you can get all podcasts. Yeah. Tune in, Spotify, Apple, Google, everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere, anywhere, everywhere. We have a Twitter. We have an Instagram. We have a Facebook page. We have a website, www.thewickedkays.com. Yep. No apostrophe, all one word. We have a phone number that we gave to you at the top of the show. We have an email address. We have done more with this show than we have probably the last three or four endeavors we had combined. The only thing that we had was the bebop thing for a bit when we were on the radio live, yeah. but it was super hard to find and super hard to get. So, yeah, this yeah. is a lot more achievable. Um, also, speaking about things that are on Spotify, have you heard Rhett's new song? No, Rhett and Links, Rhett's new song. Yeah, Rhett's got a new song on Spotify. You can listen to it after. You can listen to it on your way to work. It is called. Hold on, just a bit. I think it's called James and the Shame. I think it's what it's called, right? Yeah. James and the Shame, and the song is called Believe Me. It's very good. Hmm. I listened I to it this morning. I was only half listening, but from what I heard, it's very, very good. Okay. I'll have to take a listen. I haven't heard that. Um, also, you did ask. Um, I asked you the other day. I said, pick a color, and you picked a color, and you were like, oh, God, what did I just do? And I'm like, don't worry about it. Trust me. Yeah. Trust me. It'll be fine. I swear. Okay. Um, I'm also still planning my revenge on you for the Rickroll. That is coming in time. In time, okay. In time, all right. I mean, I, you know, I'll, I'll let it happen, you know, and then I'll get you back after that. It's not going to be. It's, it's going to go it, back and forth. It's not going to be as bad. Okay. I feel like the ultimate is going to be like, like, what's the ultimate? Like, like I feel like one of us, like, is eventually just going to have to die, and that's the end of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, it, I suppose I could rickroll you from the grave, and like every place you ever, like, you'd be in the midst, like middle of listening to us, some randoms. You'd be listening to Billy Joel. And then the thing just cuts out and you just hear, never going to give you up. And you're yeah. like, don't be, no. <laughs> well, I think what I think, well, I, all right, I'm going to give you the first idea that I had because I had this idea and then I'm like, okay, but it's already, people have said it on, like comedians have said it before, so I can't do it. Oh. I think especially Nick Swartzen kind of made this, uh, Okay, he said that, you know, 
you're gonna have the body drop down with the you, you remember that i no oh okay never mind then so my idea was is that i'm gonna have a reading of the will and you're gonna be there at the reading of the will and you're gonna be dead though right I'm going to be dead. Oh, you're going to be I'm dead. I'm saying if I'm dead. Oh, you're dead. If you die before me, then obviously you can rickroll me first. Oh, okay. So this is this is the hypothetical that you are dead. Yes, I am dead. And you, they are reading the will. And then I I have them play the little clip. Be like, you know, it's like a video will. You know, you see my face. And oh, all of a sudden, Christ. I'll be halfway through the will. And I'll be like, oh, yeah. And Kevin, by the way. <laughs> and then I'll be like, I got you, son of a bitch. And I'm dead. There's nothing you can do about it now. <laughs> this is going to sound really unethical. I will dig up your body and I will punch your bones. Oh. And there'll be nothing you can do about it because wow. you're dead. Wow. I don't know how much strength they'll have. Hopefully at that point we're in our 80s or 90s. <laughs> Though the way we eat, we'll probably be lucky to hit 70. Yeah. <laughs> this took a very morbid turn. I know, yeah. I told you my plan was, which I'm not going to do, was I was going to get a bunch of Rick Astley or Rick Roll stickers, and I was going to stick them all over your house, all over your car, all over all your shit. Wow. And every time you turned in your house somewhere, on your fridge, in your bathroom, in your room, on the t- in the living room, everywhere, there would be a st- – you'd be like, motherfucker, these stickers are everywhere. I, I was gonna, I was gonna hit your car with them, and I was like, I can't hit your car. I, I was told though that potentially maybe a car magnet would work because at least that comes off without not damaging any paint. That is true. Yeah, yeah, I could subtly just do it in your car. I'd like just sticker slap your entire car. Just oh, that's what I should do. I should get a car wrap or something. I should just wrap your car with, oh, with, with Rick Astley's face and just drive down the road. You've got Rick Astley's face on oh, your hood. Good lord, NASCAR style. NASCAR style. Uh. <laughs> The rule is, is as long as whatever we do doesn't damage each other's property, that, uh, that everything you else is You sent me the picture, and I was all excited for an emotional moment. You damaged my my <laughs> my mental ability. That I damaged your mental. That's the whole point of it. Not to damage your physical, damage your mental. Well, now I'm physically distraught because mentally I'm hurting inside. <laughs> Come on, man. That was a good... That was an absolutely amazing poster. It is. It is very... It's It just... It, it sits very well. It's it's hidden. <laughs> so we got to get going because if you've seen the time, you have to go to work, my guy. I do. And I got to go get my adorable children and bring them to my house for the weekend because that's what we're doing. Yeah. So so sign us off and remember our new tag. Our new tagline. Thank you for listening to the show this week. We appreciate it. Hopefully we get some more listeners from different countries, different states. Obviously, the goal is to get all 50 states. Um, still waiting for our first person from Canada. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who it'll be. Eventually. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe New Brunswick. Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, Nova Scotia, Ontario, Manitoba, yeah. British Columbia. If, if any of them. Hey, by the way, the shout out to our uh, Russian Federation listener. He, he tuned in again last week. So appreciate shout out to you. you. Again. Appreciate yeah. you. It's, it, it seems to be that's twice in a row now, Russian Federation. So, <laughs> two for Russia, two for Russia. So again, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed our content. Hope you enjoyed our conspiracy theories. Stay tuned for next week's episode, episode thirteen. Ooh, unlucky thirteen. Ooh. What will we do in the other twenty conspiracy theories in the segment called "Do You Believe"? Do you believe? Until then, I am the Rev Kev, and I am Cool Kyle. Peace and love. 
peace and love. And remember, on the Wicked Case podcast, I said, let's get wicked. Let's get wicked. <laughs> that was an awful ending. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> let's get wicked.